never slumber, you do not sleep. You who watch over Israel, you, you sustain your own. And today, Lord God, we look to you. We ask that your grace will be upon our lives, Lord God, even as we examine your word. Lord, speak to us. Let your name be glorified. We give you praise, oh God. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please take your seat. Sit. Amen. How are you doing? God is good all the time. Amen. Um, I've got a topic that's, and, um, that's been given to me. <laughs> it's called Life Killers. But, um, and it reminds me of a couple of songs. Unfortunately, they are all songs in, in different languages, you know, uh, that uh, you probably would not be able to follow. But there's, there's a song... There's a song in Yoruba that say that goes like, whatever would would prevent me from the way of life, Father God, remove it far from me. That's a good a good prayer to pray, isn't it? And there's another one in French. It goes, um, nothing can take me from the love of God. Rien ne peut m'arracher. De la main de mon Dieu. Nothing can, can tear me away from the hand of God. And it, it reminds me of, um, of a situation that I have with my bank. You know, sitting down minding my own business, you know, they, they, they wrote to me uh, a number of times, oh, you can, you can spend as much as 2,000 pounds without, without re- reference to us, without asking for permission. That's not based on any account, any money in my account. They just wrote that. And over the years, they've just continued to increase the amount that they, they said I can spend. And, you know, and it's up to me to go and spend that money if I want to. You know, it's up to me. That money is still there. I still have that facility. They still put it at the bottom of my statement. You can spend up to this amount of money. And I keep thinking, oh, I wish I, wish I could really spend it because it's not my money. It will end up as a loan. But the, the thing about God, however, is that the life that God has given to us is there. It's there for us to enjoy whenever we want. Um, you know, in, in, in the book of um, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to do you good, not to do you evil, to give you a future and a hope and an expected end. So for each of us, there is a future, a good future that God has already determined, even from before the foundation of the world. There, there, there is an expected end. There is a hope. All of it is good. And it's all there waiting for us. It's up to us to, to go towards that future and to, to partake of what God has given. Because God has already given it as far as he's concerned. He's already deeded it to us. We, we are the ones that just must make sure we get there. And last month, the, the series was on vision. And I know that many of us uh, have uh, a number of things that we, we felt the Lord was laying on our hearts that he wants to do through our lives uh, this, this year and which we're working towards. Is that right? 
I, I have things that I believe God is asking me to do this year and that, which I wish to accomplish. And I believe that if God says, if it was God that put those ideas in my heart, it means he wants to accomplish them through me. And, 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 and this, this month we're looking at, you know, the, the life that God gives to enable us to accomplish what he has given. And today I'm, I'm going to be speaking to put us on guard that we do not allow anything to, to steal that life from us, to enable us so that we can reach the destination that God has for us. I have a number of, of scriptures, you know, it's not, it's not 10 steps, but I would just say 10 things to watch out for, to make sure that we do not, we do not stifle the life that God has put on the inside of us. Because, you know, all that God has given to us, it's, it comes from him, comes through him. We cannot do anything about it. it they, all, they are gifts of God. So the first scripture I'm going to be looking at is, is the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 17. James 1, 17. It says, all, all good and perfect gifts comes to us from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So what I would say here is that none of us should ever think that whatever God enables you to accomplish or whatever uh, you are able to achieve, that is because you are so wonderful, because you are so great, because you are you're so clever, because you are so intelligent. Every good and perfect gift comes from heaven. Anything we achieve in life comes from God. And it's very, very important for us to, to be able to acknowledge that whatever God enables us to do, it's only by the grace and the power of God. You know, there was a king in, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament, King Herod, who made a wonderful speech. And he, he, the people were so impressed by what by the speech he had made uh, that they would say, oh, no, there's a voice of God. It's a, it's a voice of a God. It's no longer a man. It's become, it's become like a God. And he was prouding and begging. So that's not a good English word, is it? <laughs> he was very proud. He was very pr proud and very, very, very conceited about himself and thought that he'd done something wonderful. Instead of giving the glory back to God, he, he accepted it for himself. And the Bible said that he was struck down and he died immediately and he was eaten by worms. So, you know, in, in what God, God enables us to do, we have to have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of recognition and, and uh, acknowledgement of God's goodness towards us. The tendency very often is that when, when, we, when we are doing anything, we, we are looking at what, what is yet undone and forgetting what has already been, that's already happened, what God has already accomplished. So in addition to acknowledging what God has done, we also, even when we are still things outstanding, it is still very important for us that whatever God has done, that we are thankful, we have thankful hearts, and we, we bless him for what he's done in the expectation that God is still going to do the rest of it. Can I have an amen? And the second point uh, flows directly from there. Uh, uh, we look at the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 4, verses 3 to 5. Uh, this, this is when 
uh, Cain and his brother Abel brought an offering before the Lord. And the, the Bible tells us that it came to pass in the process of time that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of their, fa and, and of their, of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. You know, um, when, when we see other people succeed, what is our attitude towards them? Are we, are we, are we happy that they are succeeding? Or are we angry, or are we jealous? And, you know, there's nothing that would sap us of life than not being able to rejoice with those who rejoice. There's nothing that would sap us of life than to, to be um, disdainful of the success of other people. In, in this case, of, of, of course, it not only was, um, was Abel's offering accepted, Cain's was not accepted. You know, I believe that God calls us to a place of humility in, in the things that he's called us to do. You know, and, and I'm going to be drawing examples from uh, the, the vision of the church here to, to make disciples for Christ through uh, uh, the, 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 the work that we do in the cells. And, you know, sometimes you find somebody and they're so, they're so good at gathering people. You know, people just flock to them. And here you are, you're faithful. You go to your own G12. You, you go to, you know, you, 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 do, you do all you, you think you need to do. And yet, your own cell is not growing. And the, other, and the other person who doesn't seem to be doing much, you know, I say doesn't seem because we don't, we don't always know what other people are doing, do we? You know, they don't seem to be doing much. They seem to be, you know, getting all the large numbers of people coming to them and so on. And it's, it is difficult not to have an attitude towards them. It is difficult not, not only not to be jealous, but to even, you know, despise them somewhere in your heart because they are successful and you are not. But, but, but I believe that the Lord would have us not only to rejoice at the success that's happening somewhere else. Because the fact that somebody else is successful does not mean that we cannot be successful. Because with God, we're all winners. It's all a win-win. God's reign falls on everybody. And if you put your, like we do in Africa, if you put your bucket out, the rain would fall in your bucket. You know, so it's in the same way. The blessings of God are available to every single one of us if we want it. So the fact that somebody has received and we have not received, it does not mean that we would not receive at one point or the other. The question is, we need to be humble enough to say, why have they received and I have not received? What are they doing that I am not doing? We need to have the humility in our hearts to, to ask the right questions that would enable us 
to succeed in the, in the same way that other people are succeeding. Not to be jealous of them, not to be angry at their success, some of that we don't even want to talk to them or you don't want to see them. And I, I have to confess, I have had those feelings in the past. Maybe I'm the only sinner in the house. <laughs> I've had those feelings in the past, and, and yet, you know, you then think, but, but if, they are, if there are people going into those cells, if, they are, if the cells are growing there, it is a good thing for the kingdom of God. Can I say, can I hear, have an amen? It is a good thing for the kingdom of God, and, and therefore, I know that God also would want my own cell to grow, and it is important for me to, to tap in to the goodness of God that they have succeeded in tapping into and to ask questions. I tell you, I, I, I mean, I don't have the time here to tell you what I have done in the past to find out what other people are doing so that I would see what I have been missing and so that I can, I can learn from, from, from the, the, the experiences of other people and I can thereby grow. And I believe that that's what God wants us to do. God, God wants us to have a teachable spirit. A spirit that does not feel that I know it all. I have arrived. A spirit that is willing to learn from others who have gone, who have, who have gone, that, gone that way ahead of, of you before. Those who have gone ahead and done those kinds of things. You learn and see how did they do it. And then and then you'd, you'd see the, the principles of the word of God that they have put into practice. And then you, you can then put them into practice and just see that the word of God works. No, no matter who applies the word, the word works. Because God watches over his word to perform it. Amen? And, and the next thing is, that we, number three, that we should do nothing out of strife or vain glory. Philippians 2, 3 to 4. It says we should do nothing out of strife or vainglory, but we should mind the things of others so that our motivation is not so that I can show off. I have the, I'm the, I have the fastest growing cell in, 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 in this G12 or, or, or it could even be your office. It's not so that you could show off that you've got the, the best results in your office. You're doing it because this is the goal that God has set before you. This is what God said you're going to achieve. You're doing it because God is going to be glorified when you put your very best into what you're doing. You're doing it because God has placed you where you are as the salt of the earth to bring seasoning, to bring sweetness, to repair what is damaged. And you're doing it not to draw attention to yourself, but to see what God can do in a situation that is, that is catastrophic. And you're doing it not, not to undermine other people, but minding other people, minding, minding their own things. You're not doing it selfishly, but you're concerned also for the well-being of others. My, one of my daughters used to work in the city, and she used to come back to me uh, uh, come back to, and tell me the kinds of things that happened in the city. She said, it's a dog-eat-dog there, ma'am. You know, and the, how people be behind each other's backs would try and, and take each other's clients and, and stuff like that, uh, just so that they can progress and the other one would not be able to. God has not called us to that. 
we, we, we don't go fishing in, in, in other people's lakes, you know, and we don't go stealing other people's, other people's members of their cells. Hallelujah. You know, you well, I, well, I see you around. You have not been going to yourself. Why don't you come to mine? You know, you know you'll be more comfortable there. No, go out there. Win the, your own souls, and then they can grow. Then your own cells can grow. You know, uh, it, it, it is important that what we do, we do it that God is glorified, not to draw attention to ourselves. And, you know, um, the, the word of God wants in Galatians 5, verses 15 to 16, that we should not backbite, that we should, you know, that we should not speak ill of one another. And that if we speak ill of one another, it would lead to mutual self-destruction. That is actually very frightening. That, you know, when, when, you, when you speak ill of another per, per, person, you're actually indirectly destroying yourself. You say, but you bite and devour one another. Beware lest you be consumed by one another. We have to be careful that we do not speak evil of others, that we do not uh, destroy them with our, our tongue. Uh, the, the, the Bible asks us to walk by the Spirit. The, there is power in the spoken word. You know, the, Jesus Christ said to his disciples in, uh, in, in John 6, 63, he said, the word that I speak to you, they are life and their spirit. And as children of God, there, there is, there's a power in the, in the words of our lips. And we do not have the freedom to destroy another brother or a sister, for that matter, with the words of our lips. We, we, people are not perfect. Yes, we know that. But it is not up to us to continually criticize them and put them down. It's you know, we are more or less, if we, if we say we are praying for somebody, like, let, let me just take the example of the church. We are praying for the church, we are praying for our pastors, and so on. We, I cannot, on the one hand, pray for my pastor, and then on the other hand, begin to criticize him and, and to put him down, because I'll be more or less destroying what I am trying to build. It's, the same goes for our, our cell members, the people with whom we are in the same cell, we would not always agree. Like they say in my language, the tongue and the mouth, they quarrel too, you know. But they still stay together and agree to have dinner. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, so in the same way, in the same way, you know, uh, you would not always agree with the people who are in the same cell as you. There are some people who would speak too much and there are those who would not open their mouths. And there are those who are just oh, too eager, the eager beavers, and, then, and there are those that, who, who are never free to do anything. But we do not have the license to, to, to speak ill of them. They, they are God's creations. And when we speak ill of, of one another, we're tearing them down. We're not building them up. And we, we, we as children of God, we have been called to, to bring blessing by our spoken word. When we speak words, as children of God, you see, there is power in our tongues. We're releasing the demons to go and work on the lives of, of our brethren 
And that, therefore, the, that's why the Bible asks us not to, not to destroy each other because we, we, we are reinforcing the, 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 the weaknesses in people's, that we see in people's lives. We're reinforcing it by talking about it. Oh, oh, that one, she's always late. So you are actually proclaiming lateness upon her life. You know, or, 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 or this one, oh, she can never change. So you, you're really condemning her to not change it. So when you condemn her in that way, you're destroying her. And you yourself, you have polluted yourself because of the kind of things that you have said. So we have to be very careful that we do not kill the life that God has given to us. The, it leads me to my next point, which says that, the, that with the same mouth, we cannot bless and curse. You know, we bless God with our mouths, and then the next minute, we're cursing another, bre another, another brother, another sister. It's so wrong. It's so hypocritical, you know. If, if we are genuinely blessing, blessing God, if we're genuine worshipers of God, we would also see the goodness of God in the creation of God. Our brother that is imperfect, our sister that is imperfect, is created in the image of God. They are God's representatives here on earth. And so when, 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 when I say I'm, how great is our God, is a good God, a loving Father, and then I turn to my brother, you're useless, you're finished, you're, you're, you're weak, you're, 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 you're decayed and everything, you're wretched, then I am, I'm actually denying everything that I've said about my God. And, and therefore, we do not have that luxury as children of God to, 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 to allow both, both cursing and blessing to come out of our mouths. In fact, Ephesians 4.29 tells us that, asks us, he said, don't let corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only blessing. Only blessing. You know, and we can do it because of the power of the Holy Spirit that is upon us. I, 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 I'm, it is not something that you have to school yourself and, you know, and, and will yourself and be determined. I will not do this. I've made a new year resolution and I will not. It is not. We, 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 just, we just live as children of God, led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will always lead us to speak good over the lives of others. And when we speak good over the lives of others, we see them transformed into the image of Christ. What we say about them is what is realized. The right? Bible says that, says that we, faith declares those things that are not as though they were. And as you confess the, the promise of God over the lives of the people that you see are, are not yet at the level you want to see them, you will see that God would perfect that what you, what you say concerning them. So the one who is always late, you just declare that God is going to help her to rearrange her life so that she would be able to, to make things on time and, 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 and she would not be, be late anymore and, that, and God would just help her. And, and, and alert. Sometimes a lot of the people who are late to events is because they do not have a revelation of the need to be on time, actually. You know, and that God, God may give them the revelation that they need. Amen? Amen. So blessing and cursing cannot come out of our mouths because we are a people of blessing, and therefore God would only give us what is good to speak over one another. That is, that's what brings life. In Philippians 4, verse 8, at the end of that 
beautiful passage where um, Paul had been enjoining the Philippians to, to rejoice and to bring whatever need they may have, to bring it before God and not to worry about anything. He goes on to say, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So it means that we have to make sure that we are not allowing our, our thoughts to concentrate on ugly things. We're, we're to think of things that are beautiful, things that are praiseworthy, things that are, uh, that, that, that are, that are virtuous, things that are lovely, things for which we can just uh, pray, always just remember the goodness and the loving kindness of God. You know, it is true that we live in, in a world that is fallen, and we live in a world of challenges, but we also live under the power of, of a God who has loved us with an everlasting love. A, a God who has promised never to leave us, nor to forsake us. A God who is always there. A God who does not change. A God who is all-powerful. A God who is our shepherd. A God who provides for our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. A God who is mighty. A God who does exploits. A God for whom nothing is impossible. Can I have an amen? And therefore, in spite of whatever may be going around, and in, and in spite of any fears that we may have of maybe not being able to accomplish, or maybe if there are some, some obstacles in the way of what God has given us to do, maybe, you know, some of the visions that God has given us, sometimes we, 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 we wonder how we're ever going to do it. Maybe you, you need, uh, if, if we come, come outside of the realm of, of what we do in church, but in, in our work life normally, uh, Maybe, maybe you need a lot of finances, but maybe you need introduction to some people, to other people, and you may just get to that point where you begin to wonder, am I ever going to get there? Or are you going to get the introduction you need? Are you going to get the qualification? Are you going to get the interview? Or, or maybe a case of illness, and you begin to worry. You know, God, worry is a sin, and worry would deprive you of your strength in God and, and, and of your confidence in God. And, and, the, and we are required to think beautiful thoughts. In fact, you know, the Bible tells us that we should watch our heart with all diligence because out of them are the issues of life. You know, what we do with our thought life determines what actually happened to us. Uh, if, you, if you think yourself a mistake or you think yourself unsuccessful, that is what is going to happen. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the things that God has done that, that, that are lovely, those are the things that should occupy our minds. Years ago, uh, when I was newly converted, I was a very, very fearful person. I was fearful even of my own shadow. You know, I, I, I was afraid of being alone. I was afraid of being with people. I was afraid of going out. All kinds of terrible things that just frightened me, you know, for no reason at all. And at the end of the day, when, when people are frightened, they, 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 you don't even see what they are frightened about. Uh, there's nothing. There's really nothing. Hallelujah. There's nothing. 
you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. But, but one of the things that, one of the verses that really helped me was this, uh, Philippians 4, verse 8, to think of things beautiful. Think of what, what the things that God had done in my life that, that showed his kindness, that showed his presence in my life. So I just begin to, to begin to thank God for, for the good things he's done in my life, for my own salvation, for the safety, you know, uh, from danger and, uh, and accidents. Uh, and I remember some of the, of, of the kindnesses that I've received and, and people who have, out of nowhere, in, in the middle of, of difficulties, that God has just shown himself very strong on my behalf. And I just start beginning to, to praise God and, and to thank him for all these things that are lovely and praiseworthy. And by the end of like 10, 15 minutes, I, I now enter a, a, a phase of praise and thanksgiving that I've even forgotten how I got there in the first place. And it becomes, you know, a, a time of really rejoicing. And I really want to encourage anyone here who, who has the tendency of, of thinking evil thoughts or, or, being, or being frightened or, or thinking negatively to really practice thinking of the things for which you are praiseworthy, are lovely, are of good report, things that are virtuous, things that fill you with hope and expectation, things that, that talk about the goodness and, and the glory of God, and you find that it will bring a fresh life into you and give you the impetus to continue in what God has given to you to do. Because, you know, we, we are required to totally depend upon God for the fulfillment of what he has given us to do. We cannot do anything on our own. Only God. If God doesn't do it, it's not going to happen. That's the truth of the matter. We cannot depend upon our own strength. So we, we need to, to really look to God and, and just see him as the one who is the author and, and, and the finisher of our faith. And in fact, you know, when, when we depend upon God entirely, we can be, we can be assured that he would come to our aid, and he would show us the way, what we ought to do. Um, the, the, uh, there's, a, there's, a new, there's a song that's quite popular now that we sing, which is quite good, uh, Oceans by, by uh, Hillsong, and which focuses on the story of Peter walking on the water uh, with, with Jesus. And we see that as long as he had his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But when he began to observe the waves and observe uh, the, 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 the difficulties, that's when he then began to sink. And we cannot afford to look at waves. You know, waves would always come. There would always be waves on the seas. And so even in our own lives, there would be always be things that would cause storms. But we are not required to look at those things. We are required to look at Jesus. And when, when we look at Jesus, we can be sure that he would see us through to the other side. He would take us to our destination. And that we cannot afford to, to concentrate on the things that are creating difficulties for us. We have to concentrate on Jesus. The Bible, the Bible says that in this world, you shall have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So we are not afraid of tribulations. We are not afraid of afflictions. We are not afraid of challenges because the one who has already conquered all challenges, all tribulations, has a, is on our side and his name is Jesus and he loves us. He is for us. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? And therefore, we, we do not look at those things. We look at Jesus. So what, I know this is only the second month of the year, but we're, we're very close to the, uh, to the end of the first quarter. And, you know, it's important that we're making waves in the things that God has called us to do. And, and therefore, we cannot afford to be pulled back because of challenges. So it's important that we, 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 we aim we aim to see Jesus in any situation and to say, what are you going to do here, Lord? This, 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 this is what God is doing. You know, I, in the book of Acts, the apostles, there, there was a problem that arose in, in chapter 6 of the book of the Acts. And uh, the, the, uh, the, the Hellenic, Hellenist women, the Greek women, uh, they were complaining that they were not being fed in the, in the daily distributions. And I just liked the apostles' uh, the decision and the way in which they treated the matter. They refused to, to spend their time putting out organizational fires, you know. They said, look, we have been called to the ministry of the word and the prayer, and that is what we are going to do. So, oh yes, we acknowledge that there is a problem here, and that problem needs resolution. But, as for us, apostles, this is what we've been called to do, and this is, what we are go this is where we're going, and this is where we're going to go. I believe that one of the most important things for us to, to, to keep the life of God in us is this ability to focus, to focus on where we're going, you know, well, I'm, I'm very often, I'm very afraid to go on the internet because when you go on the internet to check, I usually go to check my mail, you know. I'm, I'm just minding my own business and trying to check my mail and up pops some ad or some information. I say, oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, so, so, so somebody has done something. So you click on it and you look at it, you see a piece of news, and you see the piece of news, and, and then it takes you to another thing, and then you click on it, and you know, in the midst, your mail is forgotten, and you are now busy now wandering in, in another world, you know, maybe, and, and you end up in a shop, and you don't know where you're going anymore, and, and you're totally lost, you know, no focus. So I say, I think, well, you know, you the internet, you better just stay where you are. Let me be on my own and, you know, do what I had been called to do. And, you know, we have to be very strict with ourselves and to, to focus and to determine what, what have I been called to do. You know, uh, Paul says all things are needful, but not all things are expedient. There are things that are expedient, that are, that are important for us as individuals, and, and, and therefore, we, it's important that we do not go outside of our remit, outside of our anointing, outside of the grace that God has given to us, outside of the instructions that we have received from God. Because those are the things that will stifle the life out of us and would not enable us to reach destination. Amen? In James 1, verse 20, actually, there's a few more verses in there but I don't have the time to get into it. It talks about um, the, the wrath of God not working the righteousness, the, the, the wrath of man not working the righteousness of God. I suppose um, I should actually talk about 
minding our emotions, that we do not allow our emotions to rule us and to destroy what God is doing. Um, the, the, the writer goes on to speak, to say in verse 21, he says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. <clears throat> you know, it's important that we, we walk by the Spirit. The Bible says to walk by the Spirit and we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Uh, the wrath of man that leads us to actions that are, uh, uh, that are uh, outrageous, that go beyond uh, what is acceptable. They, they do not work the righteousness of God. And we, we, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. When the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is dominating our lives and, and leading and controlling our lives, then we are in a position also to control our emotions. So we do not, we do not speak to people out of anger. We do not speak wicked words, unpleasant words to others out of anger. We do not take action out of anger. Because you are angry at somebody, you do not speak to them ever again. Because you are angry, you, 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 you want to leave yourself. Because you are angry, you, you, do, you do not want to even come to church. You know, all kinds of things that, that, that people, decisions that people make just because they are angry, because they have not been able to uh, master their emotions. That is not honoring to God. And of course, it's, it, not only are we exercised from our brethren, but also from God. Because once we're, we're not in re good relationship with one another, we, are, we will be deceiving ourselves when we think that we come to worship God, when we are actually not, not relating properly one to another. The Bible asks us in Psalm 34 verse 14, to flee from evil, to seek good, and to chase peace. Some years ago, um, Tommy Tenney wrote a book about chasing God or God's chasers, you know. But this, this verse is asking us to actually chase peace, you know, to run after peace, to look for anything that would, would make for peace. You know, uh, in, the, in the Beatitudes, the Bible says that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. God has called us to peace. The message of the gospel is a message of peace. So we, we are required in all that we do to flee from anything that is evil. Even the appearance of evil, we run away from it. If something is going to cause another, man to, another person to stumble, we run from it. And we look for what is good, what, what, is, what is laudable in somebody else. And, and we look for what would make for peace. You know, because when we do not seek peace, that's like putting on the, the old former way of life from which we have been rescued. We're no longer, that's not us anymore. We, we, we don't look at our past mistakes. We don't, we don't look at our past disappointments. We don't look at our pain or resentment. We do not look at others also with those eyes. You know, there are, there are people who in the past, they, they've had some situations in their lives and, and then in the meantime, they have changed. And, and if they have changed and God has forgiven them, we also need to move on and forgive them and not put an etiquette over them that, and, and talk about what they've done. 
For Paul said uh, in Philippians 3, 10 to 15, he said, you know, forgetting those things that are in the past, I press forward to reach the goal for which Christ has taken hold of me. We all need to let the past be in the past and press forward in God. You know, God, one, one of the beautiful things about God is that he doesn't look at what we, had, what we were. He looks at who we are now in Christ. When we confess our sins to God, God forgets about them, he, and he doesn't think about them. We don't need to bring it up anymore. God, God, God continues to love us regardless, and he only sees the beautiful future that he has for us. The amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ covers over everything. And if, as far as God is concerned, it's a new day. We've got a new life. And his grace continues to abound towards us. And, and you know, uh, in Psalm 91, um, the, the Bible says, he who lives in the sacred place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It, it, it's, it's under the shadow of the Almighty, under the, in the secret place, the secret place of, 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 of refuge with God, that personal time of prayer, we neglect it to our own peril. That is the place of power. That is the place of remind, where we are reminded of who God is to us. When everything is bleak, when you go back to God in that secret place, God brings reassurance in your heart. God brings revelation of what, he, what, you, what you're to do about a particular situation, a particular challenge, about how you, he wants you to move forward. He, that's the secret place. That's a place of, of, uh, of authority, the place where you go and get ammunition and you get reinforcement so that you can move forward in what God has for you. And finally, um, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, we don't have the time to read it, but I'm assuming we, we all know the creation story. Um, we see God as the originator of all things. But, but, and over and above that, we also see him as a God of order, a God of plan, a God of consistency. You know, he, he made everything according to its order. And we, we, see, we see him uh, in the way in which he had ordered everything in, in, its, in its sequence. And, and the seasons, and the, and the species, and the times, everything just orderly. God is a God of order. And we also, we are required to be orderly. We, 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 to, to live disorderly would deprive us of the very life that we have. You know, um, I remember... Uh, uh, when, when, when we started this vision, we had, we had to, Pastor Colin took us all the way to Bogota to go and learn how they, they, they did it in Bogota. And we were able to, you see, we were able to see the, the, the revelation of how God, God showed Cesar Castellanos how to, the different, the different ways the cells were to meet, how they how ordered things, and they did things according to order. And, you know, sometimes I hear people say, God is everywhere. I don't have to go to cell. I don't even have to go to church. You know, but God has revealed a particular way of doing things so that we can fulfill his mandate for us. And you'll be amazed that 
when you follow the order that God has established, there is success in it. There is fruit there. You know, and, and way back, I remember one of the things that we learned was we, we should pray for each other in the cell on a regular basis, every day. Mention each person before the Lord and, and pray for our leaders. Then an hour before the cell, the cell leader will usually pray and just and prepare and prepare the cell. Not just, not just lackadaisically, I will come, you, know, you, you come prepare. There's no teacher in this country that will go and teach without having prepared its lesson. You know, you, there, there's, a, there's a work that has to be done. And I remember uh, Pastor Win Lewis used to say that the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. If you ever want to succeed in life, you have to work hard. And, and I remember the, vision, the, the, the word that God gave to Pastor Colin concerning this vision. He said, it's going to be an easy yoke, but you're going to have to work hard. God has called us to work. In fact, he said that he who does not work should not eat. We, are, we have been called to be hard workers. There is virtue in working hard. Because when you work hard, you are honoring God who has given you that ability and that capacity in whatever it is, whether in your office, you should be the best. You get there on time. The work that you've been allocated, you do it faithfully. And the same thing, the Bible says that he who does the work of God with negligence is cursed. And, and you know, even the work you do in your office is the work of God. Because you are there representing God. And we're, we're being called to, to show excellence, show the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. God wants to show us off as his trophies when we, 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 we produce the results that glorify his holy name. We, 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 have, we have to be a people who, in dependence upon God, we do what God asks us to do. You know, you know, partial obedience is disobedience. Whatever God has put upon us uh, as responsibility, we honor him by doing it. We, we do not honor God by being lazy. There are people who would say, God has told me not to work so that you can depend upon us, other people's generosity and, 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 uh, and, their, and their kindness. I don't know. I wasn't there, you know? But one thing I know, that, that God honors those who work very hard. And, and so, as I bring this message to a close, I want to just say that there's, there's life, the life of God is there for us, it's there for the taking. God has given unto us everything that pertains to life and godliness. The desire of God is for us to succeed. That vision that God has put in each of our hearts, God wants to see it realized. God wants to see you succeed. God wants to see you 
victorious, what God wants to see you prosperous, what God wants to see you fruitful, God wants you to, to, to produce, God, God wants you to see you lifted up in that which he has committed to you, and he has provided ways for you to attain it. All his gifts are good, and they come from him, and in total dependence upon him, we can see a victorious future. Amen. Can we just rise up on our feet as we just pray and commit ourselves to the Lord? I think it would be right for us uh, this time to say to God, God, I choose life. I choose your way. I choose, I choose what you have laid out for me. And I, I choose all that you have provided. And, and I, I choose to follow you. I choose to depend entirely upon you, not to lean onto my own understanding. I choose to use my mouth to honor you. I choose to think things that are beautiful. And I choose to walk by the Spirit and flee everything that is evil that doesn't honor you. And I choose, oh God, to seek that secret place where I can be energized, where I can be strengthened, where I can receive strength, where I can receive direction. And I choose your order, your orderly way of doing things so that I can bring glory to you in every area of my life. Father, I want to thank you because you are good and your loving kindness endures forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a clap of praise? Amen.